feet and give God his glory in Jesus Christ's praise and glory and lift up our church, our pastor, Joe and the praise man. Get on your feet this morning and put your hands together. God has blessed us in this place. God blessed us in this place. I, uh, I shared this scripture with my guys a couple of weeks ago. And, and as I went upstairs last night and was convinced that God had what for me to do, and I, and I began become preparing for it, um, took me back a long way. Give God the glory by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And the counsel of many godly young godly men. In just a few more days, it'll be 21 years and nine months since I took a drink. And uh, as I hear Miss Patty come, seems like every time she sings, I preach. So, Patty, you need to sing more. <laughs> um, every time I see Patty, I, I see a mirror of me because we are walking, talking, breathing miracles this morning. And, and only God could have stood in the gap for us. Um, as I, as I prepare for this message, like I said, it humbled me. It, it, uh, I think sometimes uh, in the same scripture it says, humble yourself before God because he resists the proud. And as I prepare for this message, I remembered the first time I preached this message. Um, stayed up all day Saturday and Saturday night studying. I lived in the camper and, and got all my notes together and Went, went up there to preach and reached my back pocket and my notes was gone. And that's the reason why I don't use notes today. And the reason why I said I had it in my back pocket because I didn't even have a suit. I didn't have a sports coat. And, and those were good days for me. I remember them days. I, I, I was in a camper. I had a shortwave radio, one eye, a propane stove with a light bulb, a Bible, and a concordance. And some days, Mike, I wish I could go back there. Me and God spent some time together. So this morning, if you would, open your Bibles up to 1 Peter 5, 8. I want to remind the church, it's kind of come up to speed here. This is about the same time Paul's writing to the church at Corinth and, and warning them of false prophets, false doctrines, false teachers, um, Peter here is writing this back to the church. The church is under persecution from the Romans. There is a division and an aversiveness um, with the church. Um, it was really bad times. It kind of reminds me of the day uh, that, that we, we seem like we're under constant attack by the powers to be. And we've been described as a foolish people. Um, people who live in flyover country have been described as a foolish people who want to hang on to their Bible and their guns. Amen? So we, we are being persecuted. We go back and look at the separation clause in 1962 when they took the prayer out of school. And we can go back from here to some for 50 years, 54 years, and see where our country's gone. Because let me remind you people something this morning. Let me tell you parents and your grandparents and, 
and, and, and, my, and, my, and my young adults over here. When you take God out, Satan's coming. There is no such thing as a void. I have learned over the years in my ministry, in my personal walk with Christ, and in my own recovery, Scott Slicker is not my enemy. Compromise is my enemy. So if you look at the scriptures this morning, Peter starts out by telling the church, Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may desire, devour. So let's, let's look at these words here. And, and like I said, in, in my, and when I go through tough times when, and when I feel like things are going to overwhelm me and we feel like that, that, that we just can't see the, the, the next step, I remember this passage, but let's, let's see what Peter here means by be sober. As you go back and look in the um, fifth chapter of Galatians, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Meekness, self-control against there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections with lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I think sometimes, and we'll get into that in a minute, I think sometimes we forget who we are. I think sometimes that, that, that as we in our, in our daily travels and our daily reactions, I think sometimes that we forget. Because we've compromised who we are to fit in this world. Well, let me remind you something this morning. We're not of this world. We're just passing through this world. And if we start looking like the world, where is the world going to turn? So Peter goes on here. He says, be sober, be vigilant. Vigilant means to be on guard, hyper alert. Uh, it's a military word uh, to, to, to protect. Well, I think first we have to understand what we're trying to protect and what we're trying to protect it from. I think sometimes that we forget that those of us who have had a genuine salvation experience, we have something dwelling inside of us is the most powerful, most miraculous thing in the whole universe. Because when Christ ascended into the heavens, he told his disciples, I leave you with one more powerful than I am. If you have just a genuine salvation experience this morning, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. So, so as we look this morning and say be vigilant, we need to understand what we're guarding to keep and what we're guarding to keep out. So as I prepared this message, I actually got to spend some time in my library. I got to spend some time in my library, and I found this where Paul wrote this to the church, the second Ephesians, describing what the church is. A church building is sometimes God, called God's house. 
In reality, God's household is not a building, but a group of people. He lives in us and shows himself to a watching world through us. People can see that God is love and that Christ is Lord as we live in harmony with each other and in accordance with what God says in his word. We are citizens of God's kingdom and members of his household. That pretty much describes the body of Christ's church. He went on to say that we are to teach and preach what the apostles and the epistles and Jesus Christ and the Most High God taught us and not to be fooled by modern religion. Paul wrote to the church of Corinth and he warned them, he said, Beware, there are those amongst you who are false prophets teaching false doctrines in order to enrich themselves of your misbelief. We see that today. Now, I, I understand we got situations today, and I'm hoping God one day will, will deal with this. But I got to say this. We know where Buddha's buried. We know where Muhammad's buried. We even know where Ron Hubbard's buried. But Jesus ain't buried here. Our Lord and Savior sits at the right hand of God, intercessing our prayers and supplications. As I reminded the people in the first group this morning, when they stretched Jesus on that cross, and they nailed him to that cross, they took ropes and pulled that, pulled that cross up, and they had a hole dug that when the cross got over the hole, it would drop three or four feet in the ground. And can you imagine what it did to Christ's body? But let me remind you of something. When they hung Jesus on that cross, and they raised him up on that cross, they raised him up between heaven and earth. No one comes unto the Father but by me. He is Jesus, the Lord God and Savior. He is risen today. Let us not fall for any false doctrine. Let's have not anybody tell us that what we believe in is a bunch of hogwash. And that's what we've been dealing with now in this country for a long time. But if you're not read up, prayed up, you're not going to be able to stand up. And if you're not careful, in that, as this man described in the book of Ephesians, the world is looking at us. You know why the world is looking at us? Because the body of Christ's church is the last hope. It is the only hope. But if we look like the world and we talk like the world and we act like the world and we teach us in my program, if you want to change what, who you are, start changing what you do. Start changing what you say. Start changing what you sound like. Human beings have control over three basic things. Thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. I think the church today is starting, is starting to sound like dealing with a person in recovery. They want to be judged by what their intentions were and not what their actions were. When we stand before the great white throne of judgment, he's not going to want to know what your intentions was. He's going to be judging you by what you've done. 
And thank God Almighty, some of us in this room, or most of us in this room, is going to have Jesus Christ sitting there advocating for us and saying, Father, he's mine. But I think sometimes we get corroded, and I think sometimes we get to the point that we can't function because we have sin in our lives that we do not repent from. There is consequences to all sin. God will forgive you. And if you stay in the Word of God long enough and, and humble yourself before God and get with your self-will, self-righteous, self-seeking ways, one day you'll be able to forgive yourself. But if we're walking around with a bunch of unrepentant sinners in our life, the world they're looking toward the body of Christ's church can't tell us from them. This morning, I think, I think we need to take a look at this. We're living in the times that the fire and brimstone preachers of the 50s and 60s and other 70s preached and warned us about. Were you there? Jeremiah, the prophets, the great prophets of the Bible, hollered, screamed. Repent of your sins. Turn back to God. God will be, you be his people, he will be your God. That has never changed. And I come before you this morning telling you, in 30 years ago we'd say, can't get no worse than this. Don't stand here today in 2016 and say it can't get no worse. Look what's going on in the third world country today. Had a little gas line over in Alabama break last week. And we didn't have gas for two weeks. That's how fragile this thing is. Be sober. Be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. Roaring lion. Are we in somber today because the intimidations that the world and the evil people in higher places have put upon us? Have we been silenced today by the intimidation of the world's? The reason reason why the lion roars in our program, we call it noise. The reason why the lion roars is to intimidate. The brain operates basically in two places. It's either operating on emotions or it's operating on what we call the cognitive skills, the thinking brain, the genesis brain, that brain God gave us. But when we become in the emote state, we don't make rational decisions. And if we stay in that emote state long enough, we're going to resort back to three basic things. Fight, flight, or hide. I stand before you this morning. I've been around a few days now. I can remember as a small child, I heard the words of the silent majority. We're still silent. But we ain't the majority no more. We have been intimidated. We did not fight. We ran from the discussion and we hid. 
in the walls of the church. And then we talked about how bad things was. My God said, abolish your sins, repent of your ways, change your ways. You be my people, I will be your God. And I remind you again, those of us who had a genuine salvation experience in this place this morning, we have within us the most miraculous, powerful spirit in the universe, the Holy Ghost. What are we doing? I think, and hey, hey, when I'm preaching to you, there's four fingers of me. I spent 25 years in the enemy camp. I think we start by what we call peer pressure and we just go along to get along. And then I think after a period of time we forgot that day. I think we forget who we are and we start acting like the ways of the world. I believe that today. I see churches doing things, and I'm sitting here going, what? In a lost and dying world. Walking about, seeking him who may desire. Now, as this line roars, he intimidates. He takes us out of our cognitive brain, those of us who truly believe Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, and we're born-again Christian. And we get in the emote state, and as the lion roars, the flock scatters. And as the flock scatters, the lion sees who's the weakest, youngest, slowest among us. And that's who he devours. Put on the whole armor of God. Lady just about preached my message this morning. Put on the whole armor of God to withdraw, to withstand these attacks. For almost, well, a little 18 years now, I've been dealing with people who suffer from the disease of chemical dependency. That's what God called me to do. Besides that, I tried pastoring church. I tell you people, you need to be praying for your pastor. You need to be praying for your church. I believe when this is all said and done, if we stand up, pray up, we'll be able to stand up. We're going to come out the backside of this better than we've ever been. There again, too. It depends. But I'm going to tell you what. We need to hold dear our pastor. We need to hold him up in prayer. Because I can tell you right now, I've been around a few days. Preachers are a dime a dozens. Pastors are rare. And we got one, and we got a good one. Y'all need to put your hand and give God the glory for that. Miss Cindy, where you at? Thank you. I got one, too. Thank you. Boy, I'm being a preacher's wife. You gonna do what? I'll get back with you. 
But this morning, let's, let's, let's think about this. I want to finish with this, is what the lady said earlier. I got a question for you this morning. She said, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle, hear this, folks, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And against spiritually wickedness in high places. You look at what's going on around the world today, and you sit there and you kind of listen to the news, and you sit there and, and listen to the, to the lies and the distortions that these people are trying to sell us today. And I sat there and I say to myself, Who are these people? Well, it says right here, they're wickedness in high places. I respect Mark. I respect my church. I understand the confines in which I've got to practice this morning. So I'm just going to simply state this. The great prophet Albert Einstein said this. You keep doing what you've been doing, expecting something different is the definition of insanity. Just thought I'd say that. That's the life in which we live in my world. If you want something different, you've got to do something different. Instead of Scripture here, it said we've got to walk in the Spirit. What's the world seeing us today? What's the world seeing us? Are they seeing hope? Or are they seeing double-minded and duplicity? Are they, what are they seeing us today? When they ordained me, something changed in me. And people who know me well in the world, they say there's something wrong with me. Well, there is, as far as they're concerned. I'm sold out to Jesus Christ. I turned my will and my life over to care to God of Him one day. And as I stayed in the strict scripture, I bumped into where Joshua met the man with the sword in his hand. And it took me back to that place when I met that man with that sword in his hand. And you've been there too. The Christ. We've been to the mountaintop. We've seen the man with the sword in his hand. But I think sometimes dealing with the trials and tribulations and the stress and the comings and the goings of, of the daily activity and dealing in this world I think sometimes we forget that. For you people in this church, and I want to commend those that took these young people on this retreat this week, my, my, I, you just don't know what that means to me because I'm telling you right now, you get them before the cross, before they end up out there on that street, and just maybe, just maybe, they won't have to go where we went. Say Amen. We know what hell looks like. We know what hopelessness looks like. We know. So this morning I'm going to ask Mike to come up and close this, but I'm going to remind you this morning.